Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be talking about dealing with personal holiness. I think that uh, we need to be challenged and reminded that it is so important that we deal with our personal holiness. We deal with the things between us and God that need to be fixed. And today I'm just going to give you a way to do that according to the scriptures. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall, and you are listening to According to John. And again, thank you so much for tuning me in. You guys are awesome. Um, According to John is just doing fantastic in downloads and gaining momentum all the time. And thank you for that. Thank you uh, for sharing and following, liking. It just has been wonderful. Uh, So let's get to dealing with personal holiness. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your word. Father, speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. First Peter 4, 7 says this, but the end of all things is at hand. I'm not insinuating that. I'm just reading this verse, right? But it says, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Now, let's just say that we are close to the return of Christ, and I believe that it is at hand. But uh, either way, I want you to look at the second part where it says, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. You know, godly thinking is at the heart of communion with God. If we're going to have a relationship with God, uh, then we got to get to know God. And the more we get to know him, the richer our relationship will be. You know, Romans 12, one through two says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse two goes on and says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians goes on to say, Ephesians 4, 23 through 24, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness And then Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so we see that if we're going to commune with God, we have to make sure that our mind is right, our mind is pure, we're keeping it from the world, and we're focusing on the things of God. Now, the interesting part here of 1 Peter 4, 7, where it says, therefore, be serious. The word rendered serious in the Greek is sophronio, and it literally derives from a term that means to be in one's right mind, to be under control and not carried away by an errant view of oneself or undue emotion or uncontrolled passion. Romans 12, 3, for I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And so when you read that in 1 Peter 4, 7, it's talking about having 
control, not being carried away about who you are or undue emotion or uncontrolled passion. You know, Mark used the term as well to describe the maniac that Jesus freed from the legion of demons in Mark 5.15. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And so he's sitting there in his right mind. It was the same word here that uh, Peter uses in 4.7 when he says, be serious about your prayer, be in your right mind. The verb also refers to guarding the mind, Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And so you have to stay on guard, and you have to protect yourself, protect your mind. That song Duke sings that if you listen to uh, Duke and I on According to John, you know, uh, careful little eyes what you see, careful little ears what you hear. Listen, it is so important that you guard yourself from the things of the world so that we can keep our mind focused on the things of God. In Joshua 1.8, it says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so the Christian mind must be clearly fixed on spiritual things. Guys, if we are not focused on the things of God, then we're focused on the things of Satan, the world, or things that are against God. We have to stay in our right mind. We have to be serious, and we have to be focused on the things of God. In Titus 2, 11 through 12, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that Denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. To live that way today, you have to turn the TV off or be very specific with what you put on. We can't even watch commercials anymore. They are so horrible. I quit watching TV a long time ago, and anything I watch is always pre-recorded so I can skip through the junk. Or I go on the podcast and I choose my podcast. I go on to religious apps where I can watch a movie such as Answers in Genesis, uh, Faith Life has it. Uh, there's, um, there's so many out there that have it. I go on that and watch my stuff. Why? I need to protect my mind. And especially as a pastor, I need to protect my mind. The last thing I need to do is step out of line of God or the will of God and train wreck my life, which then train wrecks the church and everybody else. And I'm telling you, you're no different than me. You are leading people, whether you know it or not, people are watching you. And if you say you're a Christian and you're train wrecking your life, you are helping to derail others. And so we have to be ever so careful about that. And then I want to look here at when believers' minds are subject to Christ, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If we watch something or we see something or we think something that is contrary to the word of God, we have to take it captive. We got to grab hold of it. Listen, and we, we grab hold of it and we put it in prison, if you will, where it does not have the freedom in our life to subject us to things that we should not be or things that we should not do or think or say. And so we grab these thoughts, these sinful thoughts, and we put them away. We rebuke Satan to get behind us, and then we focus on the things of God. If not, then we are subject to going against the word of God, and we lose perspective in Psalm 1-2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Verse 4 goes in and tells us what happens to those who don't meditate on the word of God, who don't meditate on the things of God. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so it is ever so important, guys, ever so important that we understand that holy living requires spiritual alertness. Holy living requires spiritual alertness. That takes us to the word of watchful in 1 Peter 4, 7, right? When it says in 1 Peter 4, 7 that we are to uh, be serious and watchful in our prayers, all right? So watchful in the Greek is nepho, and it's closely related to the meaning serious, and it denotes being spiritually observant. And Jesus expressed a similar sentiment, if you would, when he warned the apostles to be on the alert, Matthew 24, 42. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Be alert, watch, be spiritually observant, and that we are to keep watching. And Jesus tells his disciples the same, to keep watching, Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Be in your right mind and be diligently observing that which is spiritual. Godly thinking and spiritual alertness are crucial for the purpose of prayer. And I think that if, we, if we're focused, then we can keep our prayer life on track. If we're not focused, man, I don't know if you've ever been praying and thoughts, crazy thoughts come in from everything. You can't focus. You can't think. Then the first thing we do, we stop praying. We get up and we move on. Well, that's what Satan wants. And God says that we need to be serious. That's in our right mind. So if you're 
if you wait till the end of the night to pray before bed, if you're tired, you're not in your right mind, right? I mean, just to give you an example, pray when you are alert and stay watchful throughout the day in everything that you do, everything you say, everything you think, everything you look at, be watchful. You know, prayer is the access to all spiritual resources. And we can't pray. We can't pray properly. Let me rephrase that. We cannot pray properly if our minds are unstable due to the worldly pursuits or if we're ignorant of divine truth or if we're indifferent to divine purposes. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says this. What is the conclusion then? This is Paul talking about how you should pray. In this context, he's talking about speaking in tongues and that you shouldn't do it in the church. And he goes through this whole list. But then he said, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with understanding. In verse 16, he goes on, otherwise, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you say? The importance of having understanding, praying and understanding benefits you, benefits everyone around us. So we have to be serious and we have to be watchful and we have to have understanding, being in our right mind. Christians who seriously study scripture and discover its profound truths about God experience a rich communion with him. Psalm 42.1, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My, and, and he goes on, what's he doing? And he has this rich experience with God and he is savoring it. If we go to John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. One of the litmus tests, if you will, of loving God, loving Jesus, loving the father is that we keep his word. If you can't keep your life and you're not living righteous and you are messing up because you're satisfying the flesh, then you don't love God. You love yourself way more and it's causing division in your walk. And so I just want to remind you that as we do this, as we go through this, we have to deal with our personal holiness. And that might mean denying ourself of some things. That's all I'm going to say. Paul says it's having the mind of Christ when we are like that, when we deny ourselves and we live for the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And so if you say, well, I can't, I don't know the things of God. According to scripture, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives in you and he will convict you, guide you and direct you of the things of Christ. And therefore we have the mind of Christ. If we understand the scriptures, we have the mind 
of Christ, meaning that we have all that God wants us to have for us to have the ability to live righteous. And if you do anything that's contrary to Scripture, you're not living righteous. It's pretty simple. And we're without excuse because we have the mind of Christ. And so I want you to know that holy living comes when believers read and meditate on God's word daily so as to know the thoughts of God and to commune with him according to his will. Jude calls this praying in the spirit in verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Hey, guys, I hope this has helped you and helps you with your walk with Christ. And if it does, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Until next time, God bless.